0: It is such an honor and a privilege to be joined via Zoom, thanks to coronavirus, (laughs) to Tara Jacobs. Tara, thanks for giving your time to share your personal testimony this morning in our Story of Hope segment. The floor is yours. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, firstly. Um, Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, all of your listeners. I mean, wow, what the experience. I listen to this all the time. And... um, I've shared my testimony often, you know, to the average Joe on the street, but I've never had this kind of platform to really speak about what I've been through and what God has carried me through. Uh, To give you an understanding of where it comes from, it happened four years ago uh, in July of 2017. So leading up to me falling ill, God had already laid a foundation for the plan that he had and me being disobedient, I didn't see it. I didn't see these works in way or daily. To give you a little feedback on I mean, a little background on what happened, I made plans with my sister-in-law. I had a four-year-old daughter. She was four at the time. So I had a discussion with my sister-in-law, and I said, if anything ever happens to me, you need to stand in and look after Grace. And my sister-in-law said to me, are you insane? Why are we having this conversation? There's nothing wrong with you. You'll be fine. I said, just promise me you'll stand in for Grace. And she agreed, and that was fine. Um, About a few days later, I said to my grandmother, who was 95, I said, Grand, I'm going to go before you. And my grand said to me, are you insane? You are so young. What are you talking about? And again, I didn't realize what it was all about, but I was having these conversations. And um, lo and behold, I I got the flu. And uh, I had a bad cough and went to the doctors and everything. And doctors being doctors gave me antibiotics and sent me on my way. And I mean, between the antibiotics and me still, you know, thinking that the doctors are going to achieve this, I'm fine. And it was two weeks before the end of the month when I got really ill. I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, My husband had no idea. I was out of the bed for like 15 minutes. And then he questioned where I was. And when he came to find me, I was in the bathroom. And um, he knew something was wrong and immediately rushed me to a hospital facility in which I was um, And they had no idea what to do with me. Because what was happening is, in one minute, I am fully conversant with someone. And five minutes later, I'll be out of it completely. I will not recognize you. I don't know you. I didn't know my husband. I didn't recognize my daughter. I didn't recognize any family members. And um, at the hospital, they tried everything possible, scans upon scans. and they just, they didn't find anything wrong with me. Eventually, they told my husband, this is like a missus plan facility, you know, there's nothing we can do. We can't find the problem. And um, a locum doctor came in and he said, uh, because he can't see what's going on, he knows of someone who can. And he called a doctor through here, and that doctor said, don't waste a minute, bring her immediately. Uh, they rushed me through on a Saturday morning, Um, He was waiting for me in the waiting area. As the ambulance pulled up, he was waiting for me and he put me in. Still, I knew no one. I didn't know my daughter, didn't know my husband, not my parents, no one. And um, the minute he put me in, he started doing his testing. And that was when he realized that I had bacterial meningitis, which had tested at the stem of my brain. Um, they couldn't pick it up on any of the scans because it had literally sat in the folds of my brain, so they couldn't see it at all. And um, the doctors, even at Lausia, they said, "I don't know why you're putting in all this effort. She's not going to make it." And this doctor said, "And the, the worst part is, I'm still slipping in and out of consciousness, so I catch these conversations happening without even realizing." That they are happening. You know, I catch these conversations. And um, that doctor said to me, he said to them, there's no way he's going to give up on me. There's no way. And my husband, he would come every day. And funny enough, Tashikov, break every chain in my ear all the time. He's playing it, playing it. I still didn't recognize him. I felt nothing every time he got there. But the amazing part of it all was, me not knowing anyone i realized spiritually god is definitely busy with me on a whole different plane because a lot of people speak of near-death experiences and they speak of the beautiful places god showed him he did not show me that he showed me what people look like that have not found christ which sounds weird but he literally did that i laid in a hospital and i saw people that wasn't even at the hospital. I'd come to and I'd ask the nurse, where is the lady that was laying there? And she'd say to me, there's no one there. Only to hear that I was making connections in the spirit. So that you could prepare me for what I needed to do. On the Thursday, being in hospital for 12 days, on the Thursday morning, my husband found in and they said to you, Mr. Jacob, there's nothing. No change, nothing. And he said, fine, I'll see you this evening. He got there the evening. My entire church group was there, full force, you know, ready to pray. And they were you know, screaming, out Jesus is going to solve this. And, by God, I sat up for someone who never sat up for 12 days. I sat up and I had full on conversation with them before we arrived. When he walked up the passage, one of the, the church members came out, and he was smiling. And my husband said, That's no reason to smile. What are you smiling about? He said, go into the room and see God's work. He walked into the room and I sat there and I recognized him immediately. I knew who he was. I could speak. The only things that I was left with after all of this. I could not eat. They had to teach me to eat. I could not walk at all. They gave me a Zimmer frame and they said to me, you're going to have to use the Zimmer frame, let's be physio. And that morning I said to the girl, I'm sorry, but I refuse this. This is not from God. God did not intend me to have another set of legs made of steel, I'm sorry. And I picked it up with my hand and I wobbled my way and I got to where I needed to be. Because that was when I realized that the strength that God had put in me, in his preparation work already, he strengthened me for this to happen. And in the time that he allowed me to deal and to connect in the spirit, not with the physical, because he didn't allow me to deal with physical people. He allowed me to connect in the spiritual. And then he allowed me to overcome. And that is what I I, I share with a lot of people is that your situation, it, it doesn't determine your outcome. Because if I didn't allow him to work in me, then where would I have been now? I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be here. But many times, our biggest fault is that we don't allow him in. I was disobedient not listening when he was preparing me, but I knew I had to surrender to him in the time when I was at my weakest. And I think that is where we fail at times. We fail because we don't allow him to do his work. As people, as Christians, We still do feel like we can do it ourselves. But there's a higher power. There's a better power. There is someone that has planned everything to the T already. All you have to do is walk the walk, which is what I've done. I've walked the walk. I've grown in so many ways. You know, after all of that, the doctor said to me, you know, sorry, you've made a full recovery. All you have is high blood pressure. I said, thank you. Leave it to me. I'll take it. I'm alive, but I'll have the hypertension. Thanks. Only thing is, you'll never be able to have children again. I said, you know what? God gave me grace, my eldest daughter. What more do I need? I'm fine. Two years down the line, I fought them with my now one year old, Sophia. And amazingly, in that pregnancy, God again intervened. And the high blood pressure that I had, he removed it completely during the pregnancy and now after the pregnancy, she's a year old, a year old, and I have no signs, no symptoms, nothing of high blood pressure. Also, again, because this pregnancy, I just surrendered up to him. Because when man said no, Jesus said yes. No. And that is that is what I realized. For every no that man throws, there's a yes and an amen to follow. And that is where we need to get to, which we kind of fail at. But God's grace, his mercy, I can't I can't thank him enough. I can't I I can't explain it enough. The people that is placed in my life, where I was so a beginner Christian, when all of this happened. He placed warriors in my path. He placed all the people in my path that needed to set the tone for my life. My husband not realizing it, he was a warrior. And he sat and he fought and he fought and he fought when I did not fight. When Jesus was fighting, he was fighting through him and he did not realize it. Today, we serve God wholeheartedly. You know, unashamed. No fear of anything. And that is why, if I can share with at least one person, it makes a difference in one person's life, to just realize that you firstly, you're not alone. God's grace is for everyone. His mercy is for everyone, no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance. He's always there, arms wide open. It was the segment you had in last week. He does not know how to fail. He does everything except fail. He's amazing. You know, we, we always say in our, in our peer group, he's cute. You know, we've got to say he's actually full of this because he does these little things that changes your life completely and you don't even realize it. So what I want to say is thank you. Thank you to God, you know, for seeing me for me. Thank you for him to open me up, to allow him to work in me, through me, you know, and thank you to people like you, guys that give me a minute, a minute just to share with everyone else and just to let people know that he's in higher power and he's waiting. He's right there. Call on his name and he will come to run him. Thanks, Thank man. you, guys. Sure. That's so good, eh? <laughs> thank wow. you, God. Wow! 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 Well, you. And some point, what she says that God can do all things but fail. That's the one thing that He can never do, and that's fail. He will never fail mm-hmm. thank you. Would you end up with a short prayer, please? Of course, Father God, we come before you today, Father God, humble, humble, and we say thank you. Thank you for newness, Father God. Thank you for new life, Father God. Thank you for new situations, Father God. Thank you for allowing the opportunity for me to share my testimony with my brothers and my sisters that are listening, Father God. Father God, I pray that it touches at least one one person today, just one, You make that difference, Father God. Let them know that you are right there, Father God, and you are all that they need. Father God, let them know your goodness, your glory, and your mercy endures forever. Father God, I thank you for Rachel. I thank you for Jonathan. I thank you for for Father God, for allowing these platforms, Father God, so that we who fall, who, who, who go lost, who go astray, we have somewhere to thank to. If not directly to you, we will go direct to one of your humble servants that will shift us in your direction. Father God, I pray the mercy of your blood over everyone, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you you so much, Tara and Jacobs. Such an encouraging message. Such an incredible testimony. And may God bless you and your hubby and your children and their children. Thank you so much. Be blessed, guys.